Hey guys, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Now, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and putting up with my little audio peccadillos. I finally figured them out. I, like, basically unplugged everything, turned everything off, turned everything back on, and it all kind of sorted itself out. But thanks for being patient with me. It was, it was slightly infuriating and slightly confusing, but, um, and certain things that you're told to do make no sense, so there you go. Today, on this Sunday edition, I wanted to, um, talk about something that annoys me and I think should annoy everybody, and, and this is, this is in relation, in relations to but not, um, exactly the, in relate, this is in relation to the recent announcement that, um, Crunchyroll is going to be purchased from AT&T for 1.175 billion, with a B, dollars by Sony. And I've talked about the idea of, um, monopolies. And while that why that's not good, actually, on this very podcast in a Sunday edition a while ago, and if you're like excited about this, excited about the idea that Funimation and Crunchyroll will be under one roof, go let's go find that episode in the feed and give it a listen. I think that might change your mind. But something that has always driven, been a thing that's obnoxious to me, is the idea of calling, of calling programming content. There are certain words that aren't useful to the general public. They're useful to marketing people, they're useful to, like, business people who have to make business plans, and they're useful to designers and artists and stuff like that. But, as we've gotten into, um, as we've gotten into kind of a programming war of sorts, into what they call the streaming war, but really a programming war, We've increasingly realized that every single show you've ever watched is its own brand. And what I mean by that is it comes with logos, it comes with, you know, peculiarities of the brand, it comes with its own visual style, and its own group of people it specifically wants to talk to, and... You see that around, and you see people trying to push that around the idea of, um, Friends, the, the, um, CBS show Friends, they recently took that, they recently took that back from CBS, uh, or, um, NBC, rather, took that back from Netflix after years, um, it's about to happen with The Office for, um, was whatever that's worth, 
and them specifically take those TV stations specifically taking back those those shows and not maybe their entire library at once demonstrates that those shows have an important brand and they that those TV stations rightfully or wrongfully believe that those shows and I'll get to I'll get to examples of this with anime in a minute but this is the best way I think to explain the concept of shows as a brand although you could do it with anime and I will um they believe those shows will bring people with them basically like it will bring net it will bring Netflix subscribers away from Netflix for um if you if you simply get friends there'll be certain people like oh nothing wrong nothing to watch here Bloop. but then you turn around to Netflix and Netflix uh, and all and every single streaming service including Funimation Crunchyroll High Dive all have a little bit of this in them all the all have off skin in this kind of like wordplay game Netflix would tell you we have the best content but what what are they talking about like when when you talk about content you're talking about just what's on the service it's not it's not specific and when Netflix talks about anime content they probably use the word anime programming more more often, but I'm sure someone had just said, how are we doing on our anime content plan? It, what they're doing is they're flattening out the... They're flattening out a whole medium into a, into basically a genre, which is a problem constantly. And you see, even though some of Netflix's um, or produced anime has been really has been has been pretty decent a lot of it not decent a lot of a lot of all of the stuff that comes out is not very good but um the 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 idea of an anime content plan says they believe that there are certain things that anime that all anime has and just to a small extent they're they're right but if you look at things like um if you look at any amount if you look at any anime and compare it to any other anime there are things that are similar there are things that are different and this is even true of shonen anime so if you look at the quote-unquote brand of Something like Naruto compared to something like Bleach. I'm using these shows specifically because a lot of people would watch both of them. A lot of people would watch Bleach for very different reasons than they watch Naruto. And that's a demonstration of the differing brands, quote-unquote, of Bleach and Naruto. But a lot of streaming services would just refer to that as anime content or blanketly or maybe less 
blanketly as shonen anime content. And that flattens it out. And the reason why this is such a big, um, I'm such a big stickler on this, and why it annoys me so much, is because there's the kind of language that we use around what we watch matters. And it matters that we allow the people who are t- who are asking for our money to define that language in the same way that Netflix wants to call anything that it wants to be a trendy animation animated anime. So they'll call Castle Castlevania Netflix original anime. It's not. It's just not. And the fact that we continue to not allow to not let them get away with that kind of naming convention just it doesn't it it's important because the second we do is the second that you know we ex- we accept all kinds of nonsense all kinds of nonsense marketing that leads to them being able to charge more basically and Netflix constantly they keep creeping up to $20 <laughs> they just keep creeping up every like year or two they're like we're gonna charge you two more dollars and for this reason and the idea of calling things content the other reason why it's not useful is it doesn't a company a streaming company or streaming service having having a lot of content doesn't tell you anything it doesn't tell you how the the quality of that content it doesn't tell you um really even how much because it's it's such a broad term and if you're going to have it if you're going to have a service or you're going to run it and I'll I was listening to the um I was listening to the uh, new CEO who hilariously started on April 30th of 2020, which means she started as the CEO of Al- the Alamo Draft House theater chain in the middle of a pandemic. And that was a nightmare for her. So it was interesting. But I was listening to her, and she kept talking about content, when what she meant was movies and She could have been more specific. If you if you've ever if you've ever heard me do this podcast before, you know that I don't use the word content because it's not a specific word. It's not it's it's even less specific than programming. The than the word programming. Anime programming means refers to programming an anime channel or an anime streaming service. Like if you have anime programming, that tells that tells it that tells people, especially people who pay attention to this stuff, the kind of people who I really designed the Sunday show f- for and if you are learning about it through the learning about this stuff through this, then thank you. I've I've I'm flattered. But pro programming 
is an adjective that describes the like putting together of of a schedule basically in TV in TV and movie terms whereas content just refers to like the contents of a, of a, of a container or a vessel rather so whereas so this is the way we describe it content if if you're thinking about this in terms of food content is just all the food you will eat in a day programming means t- once you mention programming you're on a path to talking about like this is what's going to be for breakfast this is what's going to be for lunch this is what's going to be for dinner and it guides you into a more specific conversation Whereas content is just a way of, like, saying, saying, programming without having to address it. And I think, I think, as a community of anime, as a community, anime fans should ask for more out of their, out of their streaming services, and it's, and we shouldn't allow the, like, the concept of a content war or needing original content to just slide by us. If, um, you remember the High Guardian Spice debacle? When Crunchyroll wanted to produce original content, they didn't tell us what that was. Until we saw the High Guardian Spice trailer, which was all about, like, not the actual show, it was about the people producing the show. And if, if anything should have tipped, should have tipped them off that they were about to, like, start a shitstorm... To me, it would have been the trailer for High Guardian Spice because the trailer was not about the show. It was about the show as content, as, like, something simply to be consumed. And you shouldn't be concerned with the actual show itself. You should only be concerned with the people, with the fact that people who are, who are making it deserve your praise. And the same, like, marketing arm that has decided to use the word content for anything and everything that it thinks that people will pour into their eyeballs, are the people who decided to produce that trailer, decided to produce, like, a trailer that was so Rebecca Sugar-centric that it's like, it's like, rots your teeth, so to speak. And it... That trailer showed that at least people at AT and T were putting such pressure on a company on a on a company that started as just a way to watch anime and clearly has very has a very um 
programming-esque relation, like, TV station, um, TV programming block, which is where the phrase programming comes from in TV, relationship with anime to simply produce content for consumption, so to speak. And that's, if there was going to be a good thing that comes out of, um, Sony buying, Sony owning both Funimation and um, Crunchyroll, it it would probably be that they've left Funimation largely alone. You can there's some like weird shit you can do on the app now, but for the most part, Funimation's been left largely alone to operate as it did before Sony owned it, and. One of the things you saw once Crunchyroll had been purchased by AT&T for a lot of money was Funimation was getting dragged into all these deals. All these, like, weird... Sometimes cool, sometimes you get the Funimation, like, um, Funimation section of HBO Max. But oftentimes what it looked like was you got Funimation handling it's overloading service by not upgrading its back-end tech. You got Funimation funneling people off into a different app, Verve. And, like, Verve was a cool idea that was kind of doomed just because of the way it debuted and then immediately got purchased. Um, also by AT&T, it got fucked around with. But that's not, like, if you show up to one app, you don't like the idea of, like, just because an episode of Dragon Ball Super is all just really, just dropped, being told, like, hey, we're a little caught with our pants down, we, we should, you, you should check out this other app, you should go to this other app where you have to sign up and do a whole thing, it's just not, it's not what you want not what you want at all and it it's like vaguely to extremely sucks because and this is and I've said you can go watch that other you can go listen to that other episode about monopolies but what I'll say here is the result of monopolies and the result of things that feel like monopolies is they are bad for consumers so whereas a partnership like what um, Crunchyroll and Funimation did a while back is oftentimes for the good of an industry and hence for the good of a of an entire of the entire like customer base of that industry. Like when um, Funimation X Crunchyroll was a thing, and basically what they did there was they partnered up for. Um, they partnered up to keep anime from becoming, like, a content war situation. So what I mean by that is, when they did that, it was before Netflix paid over a million dollars for, um, for, uh, what's it called? For Evangelion. And the reason why they wanted to stop that was because 
anime is basically a licensing game. You are you are paying for the rights to continuously broadcast a show as it comes out and and in the in in some amount of perpetuity after. And if the industry gets the idea that their stuff is worth um, over a million dollars, then they will absolutely charge that. That was a huge part of the problem with the anime bubble, is they were charging too much for shows that were too shitty, and the anime studios were pulling things like, hey, you want this show air that nobody's going to watch? No? Well, you're going to have to buy it alongside this show you actually want to watch because it needs to make money for us somehow when in reality, it didn't. that show did not need to be released. It did not need to make money. It made no sense that it came out here in the time that it did um, or in the way and at the cost it did. But the anime studios knew they could get away with it and the industry had allowed that to happen. So Crunchy... Crunchyroll X Funimation, or the other way around, if you prefer, was an attempt to stop that. Whereas those two, those two companies being under the same umbrella, simply means that they have access to the same giant pot of money. And they and it's more. It's more likely that. What we saw happen last time will happen again. And you'll get dubs of shows on fun on Funimation and subs of shows on Crunchyroll, which is fine, which is actually pretty good. But it's also likely that they will that they could merge into something and charge more. And that's that's the thing about getting into like the content getting into the space where you think about your stuff as content. And oftentimes for things like Crunchyroll or Funimation, that happens most when they're owned by another... And I'm not saying they need to exist on their own. It's very expensive to do that. But when they exist merely as under an umbrella company. Because the the umbrella company, although, like I said, is much less likely to happen with Sony... Since they are clearly, since they clearly bought Funimation and bought Crunchyroll because they are successful businesses, and they've been running, and they've been running well. Um, Funimation run better, in my opinion, than Crunchyroll. Um, but Crunchyroll has had amazing success and it runs very well, but it doesn't run well to AT and T. AT&T is like a behemoth, giant, old company that wants millions of dollars of profit from its other, from its, the company that it owns. And that is clearly possible for Crunchyroll, but what it also does to the company it owns, clearly, is it puts all this pressure on, the, on those companies to perform and it wants them to produce, here's the magic word, content. Like, it wants them to produce bingeable content of any quality. 
It just wants bingeable content that can fill up his coffers, and hopefully somebody will be like, oh, I guess I'll sit here and watch this. I guess I'll sit here and participate in capitalism for the AT&T family of companies. And that's not the way consumers are. When Netflix debuted House of Cards, they were not thinking about it as content. They were thinking about it in the old school TV way of programming. You can go listen to the show I think called Land of the Giants and it's the second season about Netflix. And in the first episode of that, I think it's Reed Hastings, the head of Netflix, talks about how somebody... Or not Reed Hastings, but um, so, uh, somebody high up at Netflix basically talks about the fact that he thought about House of Cards as, like, this would be... This is an amazing TV show. It's not amazing... It's not amazing content. It's not, like, this blank, like, white box that gets put among other blank white boxes. It's its own brand. It has its own personality. He thought about House of Cards the way somebody thought about Friends when they first saw the pitch for Friends. Um, and that is a very different mindset than we just need more, we just need more feed for the barn animals. And that's what, that's what you're doing when, that's what you're mentally getting to when you're talking about content over thinking of things in the way that people used to think of it in the idea of TV programming, where... that content was more specified and had more value because of its specific because of its specificity which I think I just pronounced wrong but oh well so I just wanted to like talk through this because I and I'm sorry my allergies are getting in the way because I it always bugs me it always bugs me when when people are given language that will ultimately fuck them over and this is a a true thing from um my time as graphic design you hear so many people talk about typefaces and typography like they know what they're talking about they just don't they just don't but what's worse is they could know what they're talking about if they had, if they weren't being, like, um, drowned by the language. So, whereas people could totally wrap their heads around, like, the content wars, if they just thought about things as brands like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, they, they usually don't. Because they're, they run into language like content and like, you know, IP value and all this other stuff. And they're just, it's not that they can't understand that stuff. It's just that no one's interested in explaining the language. No one's interested in doing what I just did. 
they're only interested in having the conversation, and if you can't keep up, oh well. And I think if, and, and also you have incidents like um, Netflix trying to use raw terms in totally fucked up ways, like calling, you know, um, Western, clearly American anime along the same lines as um, Jackie Chan, that old cartoon Jackie Chan Adventure. They just want to call... If Jackie Chan Adventure was produced by Netflix now, they would want to call it... They would want to call it anime. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? And... They... They... Pollute the water so much they hope that you don't notice that they're taking all the fish, so to speak. And it... I just think that you need to that you need to be careful of how you talk about the stuff you love because you want to make sure that you're talking about it in a way that is that is honest to what you think instead of being kind of caught by all the like marketing speak and just regurgitating that back up um and on that note I'm actually almost perfectly on time here. My name is Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast feed in whatever you need to listen to me right now. Episodes come out every third day where I do a, like, breakdown of my thoughts on a particular lately anime movie, but also anime series. Um, or, and on Sunday where I do shows like this that are about meta-narrative stuff, stuff about the anime industry, stuff about anime streaming, all that stuff. So, um, until Thursday, I have been Alex, and I'll talk at you then.